Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Today we've been talking about this series called Preparing a Dwelling Place. And I, I want to jump into it today and talk about it. I feel like there's some things God wants to do. I've just had a weird feeling all day. And I can't put my finger on it. Uh, just since I came here early this morning, just wanting God to move. And so I'm just kind of feeling him out today and see what he wants to do. First service, I'm trying to feel it out. Second service, I'm trying to feel it out. I'm like, okay, Lord, is there something in specific you want to do? I always want to be in tune with him. We want to prepare a dwelling place for the Lord here. And so let's get our Bibles out. We get excited about our Bibles here at the Rhodes Church because we believe it is the light of the world, the Word of God. So if you got them, let's go. Come on, Mount Carmel, Carlinville, E. Rhodes family, and North City. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Woo! Genesis chapter 3. We're just excited about the Bible. If you're wondering what that's all about, we should be more excited about Jesus than we are the football game this afternoon. Maybe your team stinks and you don't care, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Genesis chapter 3. Sermon notes are available in the Version Bible app if you'd like to do that. You can take notes the old-fashioned way. Note takers are world changers. But let's just pray and uh, ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do. Lord, yeah, I'm just here for you. I don't want to be a professional today. I just want to be a son. Whatever you want to do, Dad, is what I want to do. Whatever you want to say is what I want to say. I'm not here to be liked. I'm not here to perform. Lord, I'm here to follow. Follow your lead. So speak, Holy Spirit. I pray that we hear with our spiritual ears. I pray that lives will be changed today, not by the words that I speak, but by the presence of God. Do what only you can do, Lord. You alone are worthy of all the praise and the glory. We give it to you in Jesus' awesome name. Everybody say amen. amen. In Genesis chapter 3, I want to take a look today at God's initial plan for mankind and relationship. Because I've said this before, since the beginning of creation, God has desired one thing, and that is to dwell with us. He wanted to dwell with us. He didn't want to God's desire was never to be just sitting on a throne up in heaven, looking down on humanity and just kind of being agnostic and distant. He always wants to dwell with us. That word with is a Greek word that means to accompany or to be amid or in the midst of. God wants to be all up in your business. He doesn't just want to come and uh, smile down on you and this kind of prayer like, Lord, help us have a good day. He wants more than that. So what we've been addressing is some uh, things in religion that we've maybe embraced through our life, maybe some of it accidentally, maybe just through habit. And we're trying to expose religion, not to make ourselves feel bad because we're not talking about other people, we're talking about ourselves. We're challenging ourselves is that we're not challenging religion because we're trying to make ourselves feel bad. We're challenging religion because we want all of the relationship that Jesus has for us. We want everything. I don't want to just, I'm not here just for songs and sermons and go to lunch. That's not why I'm doing what I'm doing for my life. I'm in it for the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. God touched my life and changed me. And because of that, I want him to do for others what he did for me. 
I'm not the same person I was. I was sick and twisted in issues, but Jesus came and saved my life and gave me life. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but Jesus came. Oh, Jesus. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. So preparing a dwelling place is what we want to do here at the Rhodes Church. So I'm going to throw out some things as we get started, then we'll get into Genesis chapter 3 in just a moment. As we're getting ready for our prayer and fasting time, I want to encourage you with what our goal is and what our priority is, and maybe you're just visiting and we just pray God bless you and take this back to your church because we're not just about ours, we're about his kingdom and what he wants to do. And uh, so we believe he wants to touch everybody. Here's, here's a thought that I had this week. God's desire to come and dwell with us is not exclusive to a certain person nor a certain church. But the hunger and thirst for him to come and dwell absolutely can be exclusive. Our Bible teaches this principle that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's not just sovereign that God's going to fill whoever he wants. No, those who hunger and thirst will be filled. In Isaiah 44, I believe it is, he says he will pour water on the thirsty ground. There's something about being hungry and thirsty that moves the hand of God. So is God's desire to dwell with us exclusive? No, but our hunger and thirst may be exclusive, and that's what I'm praying, that we will be a church, we will be a body that hungers and thirsts for the presence of God. That we will not just check the religious box and say, okay, I'm just going to do my thing and come to church and sing, ah, graves to gardens and whatever, so- sermon, amen, let's go eat lunch. That's religion. And we're just trying to expose that in our hearts because God doesn't want that. There's a difference in a church where the goal is desiring to get people to like it and want to come and a church where desiring to get Jesus to like it and want to come. Religion, the focus becomes about us and our preferences and our conveniences and what we like. And I don't like that song. I don't like the carpet. I don't like the way they did that. I don't like this or I don't like that. So it becomes about us. But worship and relationship is about Jesus. And everything about us dies at the altar and we say, God, we're just going to give you our whole hearts because it's all about you and not about me. When are we going to set down? It's not about you. It's about him. Worship is Jesus-focused. Religion is us-focused. Please make the service only an hour and I'll want to come. That's religion. That's me-focused. We're not asking to be able to have services that last three hours, that that's more anointing, but nor are we trying to put God in a box. We say, hurry up, because I just want to be in here an hour, and then I want to move on. God wants to be free to move and touch people. So are we hungry for him, or are we hungry for lunch? If we're wanting wanting to uh, be a place for him to dwell, his presence has to be a priority. And this is going to be different for some, and that's okay. We're just introducing it. It's, it's different for some in our church. Again, we're not condescending. We're just hungry for more. His presence has to be a priority. One of our core values, this is our number one core value in the church, is we want to be with him. His presence means everything. I said it before I came up. I said, Lord, if you're not with me, I don't want to go up because I have nothing to offer them but you. 
His presence is everything. It's all about him. It's not about whether, whether you like me or not. It's about whether he likes it and he comes. Because when he comes, he touches all of us. For presence to be a priority, prayer and worship has to be a priority. Here's where I'm going to touch on some religion a little bit. One of the things that we're doing right now that we're seeing the presence of God increase is because we are praying every day. So as believers, prayer, for presence to be a priority, prayer and worship has to be a priority. So it's not just singing a song on a screen, it's worshiping with your heart. And this is what we want to do. We want to create an atmosphere where his presence is a priority. So we're going to pray. That's why we're praying every day from 7.30 to 9. You can come to the auditorium and you can pray with us. You can pray on Saturday from 8 to 10. You can pray on Wednesday and Thursday from noon to 1. You can pray on Monday nights. We are having times of prayer. Why? Because we want the presence of God. We want him to come. And for presence to be a priority, it involves prayer. And this is what believers struggle with the most because prayer, because we're taught to bless our food and that's it. We're, we're, we're taught to just pray for things like, Father, just thank you for my family and thank you that you help us to have a good day. And, wow, what else? And we're done. Because we're not taught prayer that worships him and makes it about him. It's all about us and my list of things I need to rattle off, and then I'll be on my way. So God's calling us out of that. That's all I'm saying. Presence. A presence priority means the emphasis and focus is on him and not on ourselves or our preferences or our conveniences. Here's how, I know, here's how we can know if we're leaning into religion. If we are more concerned about what time we have to get up or what time we get to go to lunch than we, than we are the presence of God, that's when we're created, committed to religion more than we are relationship with God. Here's what religion is. Religion is the study and practice of theories and ideologies that can be debated. It's a focus and emphasis on concepts separated from relationship or experience. The goal is not connection or personal devotion, but simple adherence to practices and rituals that we can control. Here's what church likes to do, create rituals that we can control. I don't want anything to happen that I'm uncomfortable with. Well, guess what? God's not concerned about my comfort. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about an encounter with him. And we've got to be okay with that, that we're creating creating a presence-based culture or a dwelling place for God. There are going to be some things that happen when you encounter God that become uncomfortable. We're going to read one here in just a little bit. When, the, when God's presence shows up, the last thing that is present is their comfort. This is the last thing that happens is their comfort because God is God. He is not just songs and a sermon. He is the creator of the universe. And when he shows up, things shake and move. Praise the Lord. So anyway, let's, let's look at Genesis chapter 3. We'll talk about some of these things more. So God's just calling us out of religion and into relationship. Uh, Yeah, I'll just start reading. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God has made. And the serpent said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, 
but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. Underline those three words. God has said. Everything about our life and our relationship with God needs to be built on those three words. God has said. Not culture has said. Not so-and-so has said. God has said. I need to build my life on those three words. What has God said? What does God say about my situation? What does God say about this relationship? What does God say about my, my, my finances? What does God say about my health? What does God say? God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Here comes the opposing voice to what God has said. Be prepared. This is what's going to happen in our life. We're always going to have a voice that comes against what God has said. Sometimes it's going to be Satan. Sometimes it's going to be our flesh. Sometimes it's going to be a friend or a co-worker. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's people posing as the devil. Sometimes it's just thoughts in my head. There are always going to be voices that say, you will not, what God said is not really true. That's what the voice is going to come to say. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good, that was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and ate. Here's something we need to realize. Wisdom disconnected from God is not wisdom. God said, do not eat of this tree. So for her to eat of that tree, she had to separate from the will of God. There is no wisdom outside of the will of God. There's none. The Bible says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. It's foolishness. So this is what happened. She disconnected from God, thought it was wisdom, thought she was wise on her own, thought she could figure it out herself. How many times do we try and figure it out ourselves? How many times do we think we know what to do so we don't even ask God? We don't pray because we're afraid of what he might tell us or we're afraid he won't let us do what we want to do. Am I talking to anybody besides myself? Why do we not pray? Because we don't want to know the answer. Because we don't trust him that he's good. We trust ourselves. We trust our preferences. We trust what we want. We think what we want is what we need. But God knows what's best. So ask him, even if it hurts you. Because temporary pain is going to bring around permanent fulfillment. Let him tell you. Let him tell you. But that's what he's saying. Uh, She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Notice relationship. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. These are the other trees, not the tree of life. The other trees. They hid themselves from the presence of God. How many times do we hide ourselves from the presence of God? That word presence there means face or mouth. When we're doing what we want to do, we will hide ourselves from the face of God because we don't want our desires exposed, so we hide. We we don't want to go to the face of God. And that's what happened. They screwed up. They did what they wanted to do instead of what God wanted to do, and they hid themselves from the presence of God. God is saying to us that there's too many times we're hiding from the presence of God in rituals and religion. People can come to church every Sunday and hide from the presence of God. 
Just hide. You can get in a church this size, nobody even knows you're here. You can hide from the presence of God. You can come in. You can flow in and flow out and never have the presence of God touch your life. You can hide. But that's not what God wants. He wants you to seek his face. He wants you individually. It's not about what they are doing in a church service. It's you in your heart, whether you're sitting in the back or you're sitting up here. It doesn't matter. He wants you to seek his face. Don't hide from his face. Come running for his face. That's what relationship looks like. So then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? You think he asked Adam where he was because he was not sure where Adam was? <laughs> he was saying to Adam, hey, normally we hang out. I showed up where we always, where I always show up for us to spend time together and you weren't there. I'm looking for you, Adam. I, I, I did my part. I showed up. How come you didn't show up? I was at our appointed day and our appointed time in the cool of the day where I always show up. I, I was there. I was faithful to be there. And when I was looking around, I didn't find you. Where are you, Adam? God's asking you and me, where are you in your relationship with God? Where are you in your, are you showing up, doing your part? Are you, are you being faithful to say, God, I'm going to be here for my devotion time. I'm going to be time, spending time praying. I'm going to read my Bible. Am I there? Or is God saying to you, where are you? Presence dwelling place for God. So he said, well, I, I, here's where I am. I, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Who told you? There's something very powerful in our relationship with God to create a dwelling place. And again, this is about us being a dwelling place for God. Who told us what to think is very important with how, uh, how do I want to say it? Where we get our information is very important to how we respond to situations. In other words, how you feel right now about any scenario, any situation, how you feel about it, right now the question we need to ask ourselves is who told you to feel that way about it? Who told you to feel that way about your spouse? Who told you to feel that way about your job? Who told you to feel that way about yourself? Who told you to feel that way about your... Whatever. Who told you? We need to ask ourselves, who is speaking into our life? Has God said you're supposed to believe that way? You know, I'm just kind of re reassessing my faith and my relationship with God, and, and I'm kind of trying to build my own belief system based on these things. And who told you to do that? Has God said to do that, or did we just come up with our own ideologies based on our own preferences? And my own convenience is to be able to do what I want when I want, so I don't want any accountability, so I don't want to follow the word of God. I just want to follow how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I know that's none of us, but I'm just saying there are people out there who do that. Yeah. Go to Exodus chapter 19. God wants relationship, preparing a dwelling place. Exodus 19. Remember what I said about God showing up and it's not always comfortable? I want to talk about this in the time that we have remaining. Because I want to challenge you. I don't know what kind of uh, exposure you've had in church. I don't know what kind of church you go to, whether you're faithful here or you go somewhere else. Or, uh, we're not saying by any stretch that we are better than anybody else at all. I want to be clear about where we're going and what our desire is and what we're pursuing. Because I believe God has a desire. He had it in Genesis, and then what happened in Genesis they ate the fruit, so that screwed things up, and that led to 
the, uh, we had the, you know, the tower, we have the flood, all of this stuff happens. So then now God starts over and then we go through Genesis and builds up the Israelite family and then they go into, into bondage in Egypt and now they're out of Egypt and we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 19 and God is desiring to reconnect with humanity again in relationship. This is long before Jesus, long before the New Testament. Look in verse 1. Um, no, verse 3 of Exodus 19. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You have seen. He's telling Moses that he wants people to remember what God has done for them already. Here's something you and I need to be encouraged with is sometimes we need to remember what God did in our past to encourage us for our present. He said, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians. In other words, I delivered you from all the Egyptians. You remember that big flood thing and Pharaoh's army and all that? You remember that? I did that for you. I did that because I want to be with you. And he's saying, remember what I did in your past. God has done things in my past that should encourage me for my future. He's brought me through this and this and this, my lion and my bear. I'm ready for my Goliath because God has moved in my life before. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings. And look what he did. And brought you to myself. Here's the heart of the Father. God never wanted to bring us to religion. He always wanted to bring, him to, bring us to himself. Yes. He never wanted to bring us to a church service. He wanted to bring us to himself. Yes. Now, can you find himself or find him in a church service? That's what we're praying for. But we want to make sure and distinguish between the two because some people think that one is the other and the other is not. What I mean by that is some, sometimes we can get uh, tricked in religion to thinking that coming to church is God. Like you're waiting for another point and that's it. <laughs> what's, what's the next part? That's it. Some people think that coming to church is God. Now, some people can interpret that like, Chad, you're saying that it's not important to come to church. It is very important to come to church. But you come to church to experience him, not to check a box. We come to worship him. We come to adore him. We come to magnify him. Why? Because we want him to show up. Because when he shows up, he does stuff. Well, what stuff? I don't know. It's different. It's different for you, different for you, different for you, because all of you need him in a different way. But you need him. You don't need me. You need him. So if we can get him to come, all of a sudden he begins meeting needs that we don't even know about. People getting touched, people getting healed, people getting set free that we don't even know they had problems. Why? Because his presence comes and he just knows how to touch people. That's why it's our goal. It's like, why is it all the worship and all that? Because we want him to come. You want him to come. I just come for the sermon. No, you don't. Please, no. All right, so uh, come to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me. Listen, God is saying this to us. You're going to be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God loves him some you. What does the testimony video say that she had an idea of religion that God was some angry God? This is what still happens in religion, that we don't understand the relationship that he just wants to be with you. 
He's like, come here, come here, come on, let's talk. Come here, come here, spend some time with me. Come on, I want to show you who I am. I want to show you, you who you really are. Come, spend some time with me. Mm. Kingdom of priests, a holy nation. So then go to verse 16. I guess skip. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning. So remember God saying, hey, I'm going to come. He says, I'm going to come visit you. I'm going to come dwell. I'm going to come be with you. Verse 16, then it came to pass. This is what happens when the Lord shows up. In the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. This is encountering the presence of God. I don't know how many times you've had this in your church service, but thunderings, lightnings, thick cloud, sound of the trumpet, the people trembling. People have said this before. Well, Chad, if the presence of God is there, I will not be uncomfortable. That's not true. I'm just not comfortable with what's going on. And I'm telling you, if God was here, I'd feel comfortable. God was here, and they were not comfortable. They trembled. They trembled. We've watered down God, the creator of the universe, into some formality and ritual and religion of singing songs and doing sermons and feeling good, and we need to encounter the power of the living God. We can't be satisfied with just checking the box and saying, well, I really like that song service. That was wonderful. Had some great points in that message. But never encountering the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The power and the presence of God came and they trembled. When the presence of God came in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, <laughs> all kinds of different responses. I've heard this said. Well, Chad, if the presence of God is genuine, it will bear witness with my spirit and it will not create any confusion. In Acts chapter 2, when the spirit of God came, it was genuine move of the Holy Spirit. And some people rejoiced, some people mocked. There were different responses to the presence of God, but it was still genuine. So I'm just saying that to say sometimes let's don't tell God what he's supposed to do. Let's just, yeah, they trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to do what? He brought the people out of the camp to do what? To, next three words, meet with God. This is why you come to church. This is why you come to church, to meet with God. You didn't come to the Rhodes Church to meet me. You came to the Rhodes Church to meet with God. That's what we want, to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. <laughs> wow. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly. <laughs> I'm just reading. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So he goes on, and he tells Moses to go down and warn the people, consecrate themselves. Let's go to Exodus 20 and look at verse 18. I'll finish here. Are you ready for this? Exodus 20, verse 18. I'm going to read to you 
where religion began. And what many in the church are satisfied with, we're going to see it in these verses. We're not speaking condescendingly. We're just saying that we don't want to have this in our life. Verse 18 of chapter 20. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. They witnessed it. This wasn't theory. This wasn't like it literally had this. So we got thunderings, lightning flashes, sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoking. What is going on? It's the presence of God. The creator of the universe came down on a mountain. And when he came down on a mountain, he didn't go, Kumbaya, my Lord. It's a great song. But I'm just saying, when God shows up, it's power. It's unlike anything we could ever imagine. He created light. He created the universe. So when he, he's, oh man, I don't, I'll get off on that. And it'll, so they saw this, and look what happens. When the people saw it, they trembled. Why did they tremble? And stood afar off. So the presence of God came. What did they do? They started backing up. Smoke and lightnings and thunderings. I'll just be back here. I don't need to be up in all that stuff. I'm going to be back here where it's safe. I'm going to be back here where I'm a little more comfortable. That's a little bit extreme up there. That's a little excessive. I don't think you need to do all that, God. I don't think you need that much smoke. I was fine with the lightning, but the thundering is too much. We laugh, but don't we do that? Like, I'm comfortable with this, but this, oh, that's too much, God. So here's what happened. They stood far off. Then they said to Moses, here it is, here's religion, one-on-one. They said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. It's got to be one of the saddest verses I can't imagine what our Father in Heaven thought when they said to Moses, you speak with us. We'll hear whatever you got to say, but don't let God talk to us. This is how church was born, the modern-day church, where people said, preacher, you go and pray and hear from God. That's what we pay you to do. You get a nice word from Heaven. We will come and listen to you. And I'll check the box that I came. But I don't want God to speak to me directly. And God is saying he did not create a system where one person hears from God and you just hear what they have to say. He's inviting you out and me out of churchianity into a relationship that says, I want to seek the face of God and I want to hear from God. Look what he goes on to say. Let me finish with this. Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. Do you know there's a healthy fear of God? There's a healthy fear of God. 
You know, there's some, oh, where do I go with this? Running around the track, running around the track. You know, there's certain things that I don't do because I fear God. I fear God. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I fear him. Not like afraid of him, but I reverence him. I honor him. Like I can't do that to him. And so there's certain things that he says, the fear of God that you may not sin. So the people, look what happened. The people stood afar off. They backed up. I'm uncomfortable with all this. I'm uncomfortable with this excessive stuff. I just want to come to church for an hour and get out and go about my life. Or 90 minutes for us. 90 minutes is a little excessive. People stood afar off. But what did Moses do? Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. The thick darkness where God was. Drew near. A lot of things I can say with that. God is in the dark places. He's in the secret places. Folks, if you want a relationship with God, you've got to be able to find him in the dark. It's not in the flash on Sunday when everybody's watching. No, no, no. It's in a quiet place where you're by yourself and you're seeking his face. Moses drew near where God was in the dark, in the darkness where God was. So here's what God is inviting us into. He said, we want to create a dwelling place for the Lord. And what does a dwelling place look like? It, it looks like a place that is focused on him and not us. So the, the encouragement to you and to me today is are you seeking him? Are you hungry for more of him? Or are you satisfied with just coming and doing religion and checking church boxes and moving on? Or is something inside of you burning for a relationship with the creator of the universe? That says, Lord, I just want to be with you. I want to draw near. Are we going to be two options? When the presence of God comes, we're either going to be people that stand afar off or we're going to be people that draw near. Am I going to draw near? Am I going to go after him? Am I going to go after more of him? Do I want to know him better or do I want to do what I want? These are the things that God's asking us. These are the things that he's speaking to us. And so I just want us to pray here in this moment. Just bow your heads with me. And I want you to ask or hear this question asked of you. Where are you? Where are you? Are you drawing near to him or are you standing afar off? Are you uncomfortable going after God with passion and fervor and you're comfortable being lukewarm and mediocre? Is there a burning on the inside of you for Jesus or is ritual and religion got you in a place where you're not even moved by the presence of God anymore? Our prayer today is that you will meet him right where you are. Come, Holy Spirit. I welcome you, Lord, to touch us all. Come on, you just open up your heart to God. We want this to be a dwelling place for God. We want your heart to be a dwelling place for God, not just on Sundays, but I want you to carry him everywhere you go. I want you to have 
have a desire for the presence of God to be with you. I don't want you to hide from him, hide from the presence of the Lord. I want you to seek his face. God is desiring us to seek his face, not hide from him amongst the other trees, amongst our job, hide from him amongst our own securities, amongst our own preferences, amongst amongst other things. We're busy with work and busy with this and busy with that. So we're hiding ourselves from the presence of the Lord among the other trees when there's only one tree that's the tree of life and that's Jesus. There's only one place that you can eat from that will bring life to you and that's Jesus. I know it'll seem like we're fine. It'll seem like everything's going okay. We can have money or we can have security. We don't really need anything. Our health is fine. So I'm really not in need of anything. So therefore, I don't need God. But I'm telling you, there's only one tree that brings true life. And that's Jesus. We are dead without Jesus. We may still be breathing. We may be still walking around. Spiritually, fulfillment-wise, we're dead. So I want to ask you in this moment, as God is speaking, are you standing afar off from God? Or do you want to draw near to him? I believe there's people listening. They're in Mount Carmel. They're Carlinville, E. Rhodes family. I believe there are people right now that you're wanting to draw near to God. God is speaking to you. He is convicting you. He is wooing you with his love. He's wooing you out of religion. He's wooing you out of ritual into a relationship that is heartfelt, that is fulfilling in your life, that you want to spend time with him. You want to be with him. He wants to be with you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.